Here we are with another episode of the High Ground Powered by Premier Companies. Sal, how's it going? Doing great. Good. Wonderful day. Good. Hey, we have a couple guests in-house with us, uh, Premier employees, Ben Haney and Evan. Evan, it's your first time here, so we're yeah. going to let you do a formal introduction of yourself, and then uh, tell us a little bit about what you do. Perfect. Well, Sal, Ryan, thanks for having me on here. You know, I appreciate that. I've been listening to the podcast and like what you guys do. So, uh, yeah, my name is Evan Speaker. I work uh, in the fuel side of things as a fuel supply uh, analyst, I'm mainly working on fuel supply, pricing, that sort of thing. Been with uh, counting my, before uh, the merger with White River, with, with White River before, but two years with the company, uh, before which I was a commodity broker at StoneX for a couple of years, right out of Purdue, uh, mainly helping uh, consumers with uh, fuel price risk management, um, did a little bit of grain hedging and um, you know, a lot of other things, but mainly focused on the fuel markets and uh, helping people manage their price risk. So I grew up about 20 minutes from here, uh, between Jonesville and White Creek on a small uh, hog farm. And uh, now I live with my wife, uh, my good. wonderful <laughs> wife, um, for three years. At least it's not somebody uh, else's. That's what I was thinking. Uh, in, in Hope, Indiana. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I live with gonna, my wife too. Probably, gonna, yeah. probably, gonna, <laughs> <laughs> probably be like this for the next twenty minutes. Evan, just get used to it. <laughs> so, uh, in your in your job that you just laid out for us, what all uh, what all do you do? I mean, uh, what does that consist of in a day as a fuel analyst? So, a lot of my day to day activities revolve around price, fuel price. Um, you know, internal costs to our facilities and our retail stations, uh, cost to our customers, um, you know, compiling that information, uh, sending quotes out to customers, um, you know, what does the future look like for fuel markets, uh, helping pr- provide a price for booking or contracting for our customers, uh, as well as uh, tracking loads. Um, you know, we're, we're a big company. We've been growing quite a bit here in the last couple of years. And, uh, those every load that gets either from uh, the terminal to our customer or to our facility, it has to be tracked. So uh, part of my job is, uh, you know, tracking those loads, making sure that every gallon gets accounted for every, all the prices, both of, you know, we get charged and what we charge customers are, are right and uh, make sure everything gets to where it needs to be and no one goes dry. Well, let's back up and unwind that just a little bit. So you talk about pricing, and obviously pricing is volatile. It moves on its own. But how many places are you pricing for Premier? Where are these terminals that you refer to? How many How many do we deal with in a day? I mean, we, we price probably a couple dozen terminals between Indy and Knoxville now. Um, the Knoxville. Bulk, Knoxville, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yep. Um, and, and, I mean, we, we uh, price and pull product from... Uh, now it's uh, five states um, with the the southern, the Kentucky and Tennessee stuff, um, and uh, you know the bulk of that coming out of a handful of terminals, but uh, can change day to day based off of what the price spreads are and freight spreads, um, what comes back to the customer or to us, you know the best number. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of moving pieces. Um, I, I don't daily work with the dispatch, but I'm, I'm a backup for dispatch and, uh, it's, it's quite a feat to make sure everything gets to where it needs to go from, you know, 
where it should come from and, and make sure that's accounted for. You know, we always wondered who did all the work at Premier Companies and in the Energy Department. So it's not only our fuel. So, Evan, who is it? <laughs> Stop. No comment. <laughs> so it's it's not only the fuel we use. I mean, it's also not only our customers' fuel, but the fuel we use also. Yep. And that's yep. considerable amount probably. Yeah. Uh, ben can correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, on average we're pulling – a little under 3 million gallons a week of product going to both our facilities and our retail stations and to our customers, like I said, from, you know, Indy down to Knoxville. What's some of the, what's some of the things you watch for? I mean, and these are, these are the, the retail locations, uh, not the retail, the, uh, I guess the retail, the C stores or convenience stores. Those are included in that too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's when I say retail, I usually, I really mean, uh, convenience stores and okay. gas stations um we've got bulk fuel facilities so we have uh tank wagons or squirt trucks um that product comes into those bulk storage and uh they load out there and take it to our our smaller customers that have you know 300 gallon to a couple thousand gallon tanks um and then uh we've got direct transport business that's you know 7,500-gallon to 8,500-gallon uh, semis and the, you know, to customers, and that's what basically you see on the roads. When you see big semis, it's, that's how much fuel's moving in one of those trucks. So are you updating the prices almost daily then out of all these two dozen terminals or facilities that we're pulling out of? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, not a, it's kind of a tedious process, but uh, a lot of those prices come in daily between he acts like he wants a raise <laughs> tedious <laughs> I tell you, Spell that. there's like, been a couple trigger words here you gotta they come in between uh 5 30 and, and work and 7 uh, p.m so a lot of that price uh collection comes uh of an evening so we kind of rotate within our team uh who's doing that of an evening but that's when we we take in all these prices you know they're published by our our uh, vendors and suppliers we publish those. They pu- we collect them, and then we send them quotes out to customers. We keep track of what you know what those price spreads are for our individual use, for you know to our stations and our our uh, facilities. So, I do want to clarify that ninety five percent of all the Indiana fuel is country mark. So we are you know if it's a branded truck or something that we are country mark fuel there in Indiana. In Indiana, we have a lot of different suppliers. As you go farther south, and we do have more in Indiana if somebody's wanting an unbranded product, but Country yes. Mark Fuel is... Provides majority of our Indiana and Ohio product. Yep, correct. Yep. Oh, that's, that's good. Forgot we've had about Country all. Mark on here before, and yep. that, that all comes out of uh, the Illinois Basin-type yep. Yep. area. Mount Vernon. Yeah, the refineries in Mount Vernon, and they've got their own pipeline. Um, we pull majority of our product uh, out of Switch City and Juliettville terminals that they own and run so um. yeah so when we talk about loads ben i'll kick this one to you <clears throat> you had you gave an astounding number the other day on how many loads a day that you are working with and also uh we've recently kind of became a trucking company when, <laughs> when we weren't necessarily a trucking company a year ago so right so give us an idea how many loads you're dealing with in a day and how many trucks you're dealing with you know that varies quite a bit depending on the time of year and what we're doing but um, for the most part, we own, I believe, 36 of our own trucks. Um, transport. Transport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, semis. Which is, which is quite a few to even think about just keeping busy. But we still contract out numerous other, other loads to be hauled. 
um, throughout Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio, Tennessee, uh, so on and so forth. But I think our biggest day that I seen and, and was, I think there was like 170 loads on yeah. for one day. Um, that's just an astounding number. Of fuel. Of fuel. <laughs> yeah. when, when, whenever, you know, I just, all you do is look at it and then you grab the wastebasket and yeah, 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 let her go because, you know, it's, it's going to be impossible to cover everything, even though we have so many trucks but and so many different terminals. And Country Mark takes really good care of us and how they do different things. And we know our supply and that makes that piece really easy. But when you're out there working on that common unbranded pipeline or you're buying your own position on the pipeline, that changes the, that changes the game quite a bit. And that's where Evan and them come in on uh, getting that stuff squared away for us. My gosh, just keeping track of that much, that much volume in a day. Yeah. So pitching it out there, and either one of you pick it up and run with it, but you had inventory problems throughout supply issues throughout the last few months, and a lot of that was focused, I think, more in the south, and kudos to Country Mark for for a lot of that inventory here in the state. But we had a lot of problems due to several things. How is that looking now? And and you might – I mean, what what really caused that? I, I can take that. If you want that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, when we think about how fuel moves, we think about pipelines quite a bit. Um, but just like grain, a lot of fuel moves on the rivers and barges. And so the, the issues that we've seen in grain as far as river levels and how that's affect barge movement has also played a, a big role in getting fuel up into uh, the river system, especially the Ohio Valley um, so we've had we had some issues, especially last last fall on um, you know barge traffic uh, on the Ohio and getting fuel into our southern market, especially focusing on uh, that northern Kentucky market. Um, and then with everything going on with uh, fuel exports, um, you know pulling product away from the U.S. Um, you know you've got a East Coast that's uh, fighting with the world market for more supply. Um, and what happens there is that you had a knock-on effect on the uh, Colonial Pipeline, and a lot of stuff got rerouted to the east that probably would have gotten to our, our southern and Tennessee areas, and that didn't really help the situation, but that's kind of where a lot of that came out of, and uh, we've seen water levels improve a little bit here, especially with the, the recent rainfall and precipitation we've had, and a lot of those kind of getting worked through, and especially since... Uh, you know, seasonally demands come back down. I wasn't aware that so much fuel came up the river. Yeah. I thought it was almost all pipe. No, there's a lot that comes up the river. You, you, there's refineries along the Mississippi, like Valero down in Memphis, and you know that's a main main artery to come up and hit us there in the Louisville, Lexington, Cincinnati market. So yeah, we we it, it was an interesting supply time there. You know, we talked about 170 some loads, and we turn around and. They tell you you can have like five loads mm-hmm. down there for the whole day. You've got to kind of figure out how how the whole system works. But um, that diesel shortage, there was a little bit of a a hiccup in the system for a while that I think was Premier covered it up pretty good if it gets down to it for, right. for what was going on. We thought we, we had people covered the best we could. Well, there was a lot of people that just ran out. We actually gained some business out of the whole whole situation. But uh, ultimately, there was a there was a slight hiccup in the uh, system for a while there yeah it tends to exacerbate supplies there's those big words wow. again. man wow. he's bringing it, 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 it i mean it, it doesn't help the supply situation even you know in the surrounding area too because we you know tend to notice a lot more 
uh, truck traffic at our, you know, when you, up in Indiana, as people, you know, moved m- in, moved in because <laughs> yeah. they couldn't get it anywhere else. And uh, you know, I I get emails every day from suppliers as far as you know what's in product, what's out of product, um, and you know, it was pretty often that. You know, 4 a.m. we get emails rolling. Yep, you're out of product for you know X, Y, and Z at these terminals, and uh, we just like, okay, where do we go next to to make everybody happy, get everybody wet? So, kudos to your all's group because I mean, we just didn't. I mean, we saw the news and didn't feel it, and we didn't feel it locally. And so, and I also know it, it from the from the staff meetings we had with uh, Southern Petroleum. They seemed like they weathered through it. Uh, very well also and that colonial pipeline where does it run from and to so it runs from uh the gulf coast um up along the you know the south to the uh you know eastern seaboard up to uh new york okay hmm. and, and it was it, hacked right that was, that was a couple of years ago okay. but yeah that, but, that so but that was that was not related to this was just a supply issue coming out of that cor- pipe at correct. this point in time just to clarify for everyone and pipelines are bad, but that's all I'm going to say about that, right? <laughs> oh, I yeah. forgot. Yeah, because it, it doesn't put any strain on the whole system when a pipe goes down. So not a bit. <clears throat> what a mess. So, <laughs> so, but no, nice job to you guys for covering that up. So, uh, one of the other things that we uh, we talked about some of the shortages, and we look backwards. Shortages. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We had, Sorry, Evan. <laughs> I thought we were going there. One of the other supply issues that we had was uh, was deaf last year. So looking backwards and, and going into 23, what's some of the challenges we think we might be facing that's coming up? With diesel exhaust fluid? Yeah. Uh, right now, it seems to be pretty good. I mean, you, for, you fertilizer guys tell us. I mean, that's a lot of it's pro-urea that gets dissolved into distilled water and whatever process it is to... Make everything. And what what so drove it cleaner. last year? Just to looking back a little bit, what caused that? Most all that was uh, the the urea they use comes through, right. from Europe. So Europe decided they were taking these couple years off, so <laughs> they didn't ship too much to us. So we were we were we were out there trying to figure it out, and we got through it, and we had a great supply, and um, we've got good partners, so that helps us. Good yeah, deal. Good. Any other things on the? Uh, what do you what do you worry about in twenty three years? Is it all just fine? Volatility is going to be the name yeah. of the game. I mean, to be honest, it's and we've seen that quite a bit this past year. But I feel like it's going to continue to be um, something that's you know on the forefront. Just um, you know, we've price moves now. I mean, it, it's not a a normal day now where the price doesn't move twenty cents high to low in a day, and uh, from a from a diesel or gas futures perspective, but, um, you know, even from a basis standpoint, um, you know, fuel has futures and basis just like corn and soybeans do. Um, you know, generally speaking, fuel basis doesn't move more than uh, 20, 30 cents, you know, from high to low in the year. And we've seen $2 spreads between the high and low as far as, uh, basis this past year. So it's a level of, uh, uncertainty and volatility that we have not experienced in the fuel markets. So if you're a farmer or a, or a commercial business, um, maybe not in ag, but between the, the contracts and the, or the booking, explain how some of our uh, customers, some of the offerings that we have for them to be able to secure supply. 
and and maybe pricing. Yeah. So uh, uh, we kind of split up our contracting offering between uh, our two types of customers. We have tank wagon customers, um, the small truck customers, and then we have direct uh, semi customers. And for uh, our tank wagon customers, um, we have a booking offering that uh, starts at 1,000 gallons minimum for the contract. Uh, and basically, we have a negotiate uh, time period for those gallons and a price, uh, depending on what product it is. And you know, uh, we agree on it, and um, they sign their contract, and we put that in the system. And then every time that their, their driver drops off uh, fuel to them, they apply that fuel to their contract and uh, helps prote- protect them from yeah. price risk. And um, you know, a lot of companies use it to. Uh, you know, set budgets or input costs, um, uh, a little peace of mind. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good tool out there for, for people that are, especially nowadays, people are concerned about fuel prices and so it tends to be pretty, uh, emotional. Yeah. And it is a tool. Just keep that in mind. It's a tool. It's not necessarily, I'm going to hit a home run or, or this or that. It's, it's a tool in your toolbox just to lock in whatever cost you're trying to fix to know what your profit margin is going to be at the end. How long does a booking last? Depends. Um, right now, we're offering basically uh, uh, through the end of 23. And uh, depending on what time of year it is, that kind of determines our availability as far as uh, you know when we can uh, can book that. But uh, we are we can be flexible as far as you know the needs of the customer as far as what that time frame looks like, and um, that dictates usually dictates price. So, um, but yeah, that that kind of they basically have the whole whole window to, to pull those gallons, um, and and then for our direct customers, uh, we tend to to at least uh, contract by the the semi load, um, and uh, it kind of works the same way. They've got a, a, a period of time they can pull those gallons um, at that price, and uh, you know whenever they get uh, get a load, we we invoice them at that that uh contract price so so the direct pricing would be like a five or six or seven thousand gallon what's on a truckload 7,500 7, gallons, gallons for diesel and then 8,500 gallons for gas gas is uh you know has a different it's lighter it's got a different mm-hmm. volume than uh or density than diesel so um but yeah we if you're buying a truckload 7,500 gallons of diesel um and you can contract by the load or uh more than that but uh, same same type of thing applies. We, we're kind of flexible depending on what the customer needs, and we can price accordingly. You all said something there to kind of start us off with. It, um, you know, in that fuel shortage and people are running out, and that's part of our value proposition is just that folks don't see the, the work. I mean, we're in the same office and down the hall, and, you know, I don't get to see everything that you all do to secure supply, and that's one of our value propositions is that, you know, a lot of municipal uh, municipalities and school systems, uh, ambulance come. I mean, they, they come to us for fuel. And that's one of the reasons is the quality, country mark quality, and just the reliability of supply. Yeah, reliability, I think, is probably the biggest part of it. And um, and quality, I guess. But uh, people know we're going to we're gonna supply the product if we say we're going to get it there. Yep. If, if we run out or we have a problem, there's probably a bigger problem out there than than what anybody realizes at that point in time. Go ahead and get in your bunker. Yeah. 
Come to my house. Get the Ben's, <laughs> get the Ben's bunker. How about that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, we kind of had that same comment with uh, with the fertilizer guys in one of their episodes that if uh, if we end up having a supply problem, it's pretty bad. It's yeah, pretty, things have gone wrong. Pretty bad. So. Yep. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you guys like to add. I mean, that's a that's a nice synopsis of uh, kind of what we've been through and what we're looking at coming coming down the road. It's been pretty explosive growth here. There's no doubt about it. There's a whole lot more to manage on that fuel side than there has been in the past. Same with LP, and we'll probably uh, address that down the road as well. But um, I don't have anything else for them. You guys have anything else? No, no. <clears throat> Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. In 2023, we'll see what it ha- what what it brings to us. I mean. Whether we we go up or down on fuel, and of course, stay the same. De- we don't stay the same. Depends what the economy does. <laughs> it's going to be does. one of those. It, it's it's going to be one of them, and that, that's that's kind of how we we look at it too. Who knows? If we knew, we wouldn't be sitting here with you yeah, today. I can tell you that. Tell all guys that if I didn't, if I knew, I'd be uh, sitting on the beach with a a drink with a you know a little umbrella. In Somebody it. else's wife. No, yeah. with your wife. Oh, with your yeah, wife. Yeah, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, no. Thank you guys very much for uh, coming. That's another episode of The High Ground, powered by Premier Companies. And like and subscribe to all of our videos. Thanks. Thank you.